Welcome to the Business of Property podcast. I'm Stuart. And I'm Simon. We're both property people running our own businesses, and this podcast is just us chatting, as we do every week, about anything and everything property. And this week, top of mind is fraud. And not us, we're not we're not thinking about committing fraud, but there's been a fair amount in the last week or so about property people committing fraud. Simon, would you like to kick us off with a a little overview of what's on our minds? Oh, I don't know if I can manage to sum it all up, but I'll I'll try and get get the conversation started at least. I've been aware of, or I've seen recently, I think three business people, I'll I'll call them business people, I'm not quite sure whether they should be, but business people, (laughs) who have been involved in fraud and property and have been convicted or gone bust or something along those lines and we were looking at some of their little business practices and thinking that while they were involved in property really their business was defrauding people they, they weren't really doing property as property should be done <laughs> so we thought we might sort of look at what they were were claiming to do and some of the the, the the crazy things. So, for example, one of them was attracting investors with a, a return of thirty percent, or a thirty percent interest on on these investments, and that's that's just a, a crazy amount of money. And maybe if you're going into a really good BRRRR type deal, do I have too many R's? There? Don't know anyway. You might be looking at a a thirty percent return on investment after you've taken out some some money and things, but just for putting in capital to someone else's investment, how on earth can you expect to get thirty percent back? That's that's crazy. Have you ever offered your investors thirty percent, Stuart? Mm, I never, never offered thirty percent, and I can say that ten percent is the ceiling of what my company has ever offered, and that can sometimes be a stretch and a challenge to meet and this is the thing first thing we should say is that if you go to property tribes and we will put the links in the show notes so just click on those simon and i have made a a kind of decision that we we won't mention the names here just because we'd rather not and it exists online so search it there and we we don't have the legal backing to to know what we to know what we we should say or shouldn't say but given that these people have been found guilty i'm pretty comfortable that we could but we'd just rather not but 30 percent returns is is astronomical by anyone stretching the imagination and as you say for me if you're talking about 30 percent really you'll be looking at a development uh, a refurbishment that generates and adds a lot of value to the building now we know that this particular individual was doing this on a on a rent to rent basis and Sam and I had a brief discussion before recording about this because you know for me ha- having you know doing rent to rent myself I know that we we're supposed to be solving problems and you know I can share a little about about that later on in the in the podcast but the, the thing that amazed me as well was that not only was this person offering 30%, but in a two-year period had paid investors back £3 million. And we also know that this particular individual wasn't paying the landlords. So so he wasn't, uh, he was taking rents from tenants, not paying the landlords. 
and only a certain amount of investors got their money. So that that kind of draws you to a conclusion, certainly in my head, and certainly what other people are saying, which I think, and this is where, where we haven't mentioned names, but for me, this this can only be referred to as a Ponzi scheme. You know, where you're literally taking money from one party and pass, taking some for yourself and then giving it back to another. Yeah, quite. I mean, while 30% is a, a crazy interest rate to be offering, the actual amounts of money that the pound values are also crazy. As you say, they paid back three million pounds in interest to investors. How much money did they have as investment? I mean, I'm sure that's actually in the articles. In fact, I think I remember reading one, but I can't remember what it was. I mean, it's just crazy amounts of money that these fraudsters have convinced people to give them. And I do worry that not enough people are doing basic due diligence checks on on where they put their money. I know some of the people sort of complaining about the, these people and these schemes going pop are saying they put their their life savings into to these investments. I, I how why do people think it's a good idea to put big amounts of life saving money? into into these schemes well and i think that's the that's the big issue about why these people could operate in property they could operate in in inverted commas rent to rent or they can operate in any sector but what what happens is because of what they've done so when they've taken a hundred thousand pounds off peter and they've given thirty thousand thirty percent to paul paul says well that's this is great i'm getting thirty percent on my investment and then all of a sudden there's proof there's there's proof that exists in the world that that people are getting this amount so i can i can understand how it happens when other people are saying well i've given this guy some money and i've got a huge rate of return but you know that, that those dominoes can't keep stacking up and what we also know about this particular person is that that in that he took four hundred thousand pounds worth of dividends and as i was saying to simon you know i operate a rent to rent business and you know there's a a few things that that, that are taken as red as far as i'm concerned one is that if you're if you've got an agreement a guaranteed rent agreement the guaranteed rent bit is a giveaway is that the, the landlord landlady the homeowner always gets paid on time every time that's that's obviously what what should be expected uh, the other the other elements are of course the compliance of the property and the the treatment of the tenants what what has clearly happened here is that the the fraudster has done none of these things because uh, well i guess the only thing they did do was put tenants in properties whether they did that themselves I don't know but they've got tenants in properties and have taken that income and used it for themselves because they've taken 400,000 pounds worth of dividends if uh, you know, other investors have, have seen this person purchasing a Bentley, yet a large amount of investors aren't getting paid, there is a huge amount of red flags going on here. And certainly what we're not saying is that everybody should should know. But I think this person's operated for quite some time. And and again, you know, we, we'll point people to Property Tribes, always a great resource to, to Google people and names. To, to find out what these people are like. And the second person has recently been convicted of, on 11 counts of fraud. And as of this podcast, the sentencing is not due to the end of May. 
but but again that's a you know it's a it's a really bad stain for for property isn't it in terms of the the wealth gurus out there yeah exactly i think we've got to remember that these people are running fraudulent businesses the fact that they're linking themselves with property and trying to use property as a, a marketing tactic for their fraud it is not so much about property and much more just that it's being used in association because rent to rent can be done perfectly legitimately and property investments can be done perfectly legitimately and do work out very well for for many many people but if you get dodgy people who are intent on well defrauding people then then yeah it it will go go badly wrong i i thought that as you mentioned it's absolutely paramount that people get paid on time your landlords get paid on time and you mentioned a, a little anecdotal story to me earlier that I, I thought was quite a good story because there was was one occasion when when you slipped up and, and you you didn't pay one of your landlords on time do, do you want to just just fill your audience in in that little story yes we were it was the payment date was due on a weekend and the short version is that we haven't automated the payments from my banking system because because it costs quite a bit of money and we've got a number of landlords so it's, it's something that we need to figure out but given the amounts typically it's something that we do manually and we have bills that are created online and then we do it manually but on this one occasion i think the payment was due on a saturday so typically we would always pay that on a friday as you'd expect but of course you know one thing led to another busy friday completely forgot however what i had done was for a number of landlords and landladies, we'd arranged uh, hampers to go out to all of them just because we'd been working with them for at least a year. So I did get on the Monday, as we were sorting it all out, I did get quite rightly, by the way, because I'd be exactly the same, a disgruntled homeowner saying, yeah, where, where's our rent payment? This should have been due. But within the hour of that person sending the email, they then received a hamper of lots of wonderful nibbles and lots of stuff. And then they obviously got the payment into the account. So I then very swiftly got a follow-up email saying, thank you so much for this and thank you for the payment. And, you know, so that that was the one time I've been late in a on one property in a, in a year and a half. And it, it kind of reminded us to sharpen up our, our systems. But what was quite nice was that we had a complaint, but within an hour of the complaint, it, it was not only assaged, but uh, hopefully put us back in a, back in more than the good books. But uh, so these things can happen. But yeah, thanks for bringing that up. <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I thought it was a, I thought it was a lovely story, really. So it's a, a good good one to re- recount, <laughs> even though of course it it starts with being a bit late. <laughs> yes, even though it starts with some of my uh, my own ineptitude. <laughs> <laughs> Moving swiftly on. <laughs> so. The, the rent-to-rent model is being sort of vilified a lot in some of the posts on property tribes because these these fraudsters, I mean, I think from from reading around, they don't just do rent-to-rent, but rent-to-rent seems to be a bit of a focus for them in these particular examples. And there are lots of people jumping on on this bandwagon saying rent-to-rent isn't a real property strategy. It's only used by people who are trying to do dodgy things. Now, we both know that that's definitely not the case. Rent to rent can be a very legitimate and, and real business. And indeed, there are some traditional letting agents who offer guaranteed rent 
And I thought we might talk a little bit about whether guaranteed rent from a, a letting agent is the same as rent to rent or or whether it's not. What, what, what do you think, Stuart? Are, are they the same? Well, I think I think in principle, they are the same things because rent to rent and what the typically estate agents use, and there have been a couple of estate agents that have used it to, to really good effect, is it's a guaranteed rental service. So at the highest level, they are offering guaranteed rent to landlords. Now, I think there's there's a number of differences in between that that, that can happen is that some, some offer guaranteed rent or would pay rent at the start. So there are some agents now that can offer you six months or a year's rent to, on day one for a fee, of course. So they'll take a fee out of that. And I imagine there's lots of other things that they will still pass on as agents. But in principle, what they're offering is a is a is a fixed rental service. And then they obviously have the letting agent mechanics to be able to to rent. So they've still and, and also I think that some of them th- th- there is a secondary sort of service where it is guaranteed rent unless the property is not rented. And this, this sounds really strange. And this is why I sometimes think it falls flat a bit. Whereas I know there are some where they will offer a guaranteed rent for a set time. But of course, because they're a letting agent, their their primary model is based around obviously filling the property. And I'm just trying to think, I think it's, yeah, it's Northwood letting agents that did what I would consider a, a standard rent to rent model, which was just carte blanche. We'll, we'll take it on, take on your property for a set amount of time. I think the difference from from what I've seen, and I haven't reviewed this recently, is that obviously a rent-to-renter typically takes on all cost from the landlord. So gas, electric, broadband, water, y- you name it, they'll cover it. And I'm not sure whether or not the guaranteed rent models also do that. So, So the benefit from my perspective is that you know, you are giving a net figure to the land or the homeowner. It's just easy to say you're giving a net figure to the homeowner and that's it. They know that they're covered. They know. So they go, okay, I've got this net figure. Does that cover my mortgage? Typically they'll, they'll carry out the insurance for, for a number of reasons. But other than that, I know exactly what I'm getting versus from a state. And again, I might be wrong. And like I said, I haven't looked at them recently, but a guaranteed rent figure might not include all of those things. So they might have a guaranteed rent figure of £1,000, but they still need to deduct if if it's not a standard letting, if it's, if it's not a buy let, they'll still need to deduct things like gas, electric, or you know, all of the above. And, and something I was sharing with Simon pre-record, and for, you know, for those sort of listening now, is that what we should all be thinking about in properties is the problems that we solve. And we, we shared it on last week's episode like when we're looking at, auction properties they're, they're, they're going to arrive with problems and it's do we want to solve the problem can I solve the problem and you know I met with a homeowner very recently and I'm not going to talk about the story specifically but they were not in a great place because you know standard story of property being mistreated in a very bad way one of the worst that I've seen and was just at the end of their tether and although immediately saying I want to sell the property really didn't it's a property they'd had for a long long time actually wanted to hand it down to the kids but they've got young kids uh, yeah a few young kids 
and just said, I just want, you know, I just want the pain to be gone. And that's where this service can come in to its own because you say, okay. And, and the way my company works is we're very transparent about what we do. So, okay, this is what your current rent would be. I'm going to take off what I think all of the bills would be plus a maintenance cost plus a, a, a void allowance. And then this is the net figure I project your property to be. And that's the figure I will commit to giving you for five years. And that, that's as simply as as we do it. And, you know, the people that I've worked with, they're usually very happy because they're willing because they're, they're going to take a lower rent. And that's that's a given. You know, you, you, you know, the, the rent to renter in my company, for example, what, what we are primarily doing is taking on risk. So there has to be there has to be an exchange for that. And typically, if, if I think if a, if a rent to renter is doing their job properly, they'll be telling people that, look, I won't make money on this property for several months. It's just how it is, because I'm going to have to invest money, we'll cover costs, and those costs won't get covered. And that's why they're long-term agreements. And again, being upfront with people, most accept that. And when, you know, just going back to the you know, the fraudsters, it looks like they were paying people, you know, within months or offering money very, very quickly. And again, that for me would be a real red flag if someone said, yeah, you're going to get instant returns uh, and so on. But for me, it's about making it a business and something that you and I spoke about as well, Simon, was about the agreements. So there are certain leasehold agreements and being honest, I'm sure there's a lot of flaky agreements out there. And we also need to work on the agreements that we have to make sure that they're a bit more watertight, both for the homeowner and for us as the renter, renter and the tenant, by the way. I think there is a lot to think about. And that is why it has become a bit of the Wild West with rent to rent, because I think there are so many elements that can be misused, misunderstood, evaded, you know, all of the above. Yeah, I think what you're saying is that it's actually quite a complicated business model. And and I'm not surprised, really, because you're you're sat in the middle of, of multiple parties and you are taking responsibility for things. And I think listening to, to what you've just said, perhaps that's what I'm thinking is is perhaps the difference between a traditional letting agent providing guaranteed rent and a, a proper rent-to-rent business as much as the rent-to-rent business is taking on a lot more responsibility. Whereas in the, the letting agent model, you're saying, yep, we'll give you the guaranteed rent. We'll, we guarantee we will fill the property basically so we can receive the rent and pay it out perhaps in advance and things like that but you know when the tap breaks we're still going to phone you up and say you've got to get a get a plumber in to to sort this out whereas in the rent to rent model you're taking away all of that stress from the homeowner because you are taking responsibility for it so so yes if if something major happens or the roof falls in or something you're inevitably going to have to go back to the, the homeowner but for those little everyday bits and bobs broken tap or a leaky washer or whatever you you handle those you you take those on as you said you've got an allowance for maintenance within your your financial structure for the deals that you put together and you can as you say take the stress away from the homeowner and in the the, the story you were just just talking about that person who has a property they've had bad experiences in the past and it, as you were saying, they're, they're just coming to the end of a very bad experience and still trying to, to sort out the mess from it. And, and you can come in and provide a, a service without any future stress, assuming it's done correctly. And, and this, I think, is, is, 
it's a real challenge for homeowners in this situation who want to who, who want to keep their property, who want to move forwards with it, but without the, the stress or the concern because they're they're busy in other areas of life and, and whatever else, is choosing the right service, the right business to provide that for them. Because there are lots of different options, lots of different models, and even under this rent to rent banner, there's lots of different approaches and and levels of service and some of the people won't provide the the level that that's sort of your your business does i think sort of one of the a good indication of that is some of the stuff that you you were saying and and sort of trying to help this homeowner with just as you were going around the viewing and i know you don't want to go into too much detail but i think it would be be good for for listeners to to hear a little bit more of that that story of of what you were seeing as you went around this property and and also what you were, were talking to the homeowner about. Do you, are you willing to, to fill people in a bit more, Stuart? Yeah, essentially the property had been used for uh, caring, I think. So it had been given on a commercial lease previously for a number of years and it just got drawn to the homeowner's attention by neighbours that there were things happening at the property that, that shouldn't have been, particularly in a care environment. There were a number of animals at the property. There were people just sat outside smoking, you know, right by the doorway. And yeah, in summary, there was, you know, excrement, you know, embedded into carpets. There were, you know, cl- uh, mattresses that hadn't been cleaned. So, you know, w- would be a bad situation in any rental property, let alone one that was designed for caring for people. And uh, needless to say, once the, the council got hold of it, that operation got closed down very quickly, but left left the homeowner in a, a homeowner in a bit of a situation because, as you can imagine, the person that was supposed to be running the property is, has not reacted too well to it, has left you know numerous bills and that kind of thing. So there's just a essentially it's just a big problem and a problem to be sorted. And you can see that because the homeowner's owned it for a, a number of years that there's a big emotional drain on that. And that's where I think our model can come into its own. And what, what's good for me is that I can now point to my existing la- landlords and landladies and say, look, you, you know, speak, uh, here's all the numbers of the people I work with, as in that are my clients. And just, you know, you can phone them, ask them, you know, what, what my service is like and how it's worked, if they're happy, you know, that kind of thing. And, Obviously, that adds credibility to it. But the word you use, which I think is one that's always on my mind, is responsibility. And you've talked about that from a number of degrees. But for me, as I think there should be for anyone in business, possibly life, that we have a, we have a, you know, a, a, an amount of responsibility if we're offering something to deliver on that. Now, we will make mistakes, as I've already shared today. You know, mistakes do happen, but if we are if we are responsible that we take ownership. If we've offered a service, that we have to be responsible for delivering on that, both to homeowners, tenants, compliance. You know, these are all responsibilities. And I think, I think what you and I have sort of talked about essentially and where we got to, which is what we've shared already, which is these fraudsters seem to be attracted to the likes of property, particularly in wealth creation circles, because it's easy to talk about big numbers. And when we can talk about rent to rent, and how easy it is and how 
simple it is to make huge amounts of money that's why they're attracted because people think it can be true if it you know and i i imagine the same it's the same with crypto because we can start talking about you know how wealthy you can be in 24 hours with crypto there's going to be people out there out there selling things that just can't possibly be true but we have to be able to you know we have to look under the bonnet of that and and find out what it is and that due diligence and that kind of thing but you know for me it's everything you know we do in business is about solving problems and clearly these fraudsters all they're doing is creating them which is which is the polar opposite of what what i think we should be doing yeah indeed i've yes let's not mention crypto at the moment it might might lead into a bit of a rant but my, my crypto investment is currently still worth less than i paid for it but anyway uh, there was there was one one little bit of that story that you've missed out, which I thought was really lovely. Um, and after your your viewing, where I, you've missed this out of the story, but I know you provided some some extra help and advice and suggestions for for the homeowner, even, even though you don't know that you're actually going to enter into a, a rent to rent agreement or anything future with them at this moment in time. Uh, and afterwards, you you got a, a very nice text back from them, just just saying thank you for for the help. And I, I think it's it's lovely to to know that you you can actually just help people and and people do appreciate it I, even if you're you're not going into a, a future business relationship or, or you might be but you don't know yet <laughs> yeah i, I think that for me that makes made it all worthwhile is that uh, i just got a text saying thank you i've now got some hope and for me that's worth more than any contract or anything and yeah as you said well, I just wanted to try and help in the end. And if we work together, great. If we don't, fine. But, you know, when, when you see people in distress, hopefully we're all the same. You know, we, we just want to, you know, help solve those, help solve the problems as best we can. And at worst, it leads to a positive relationship. And, and if at best, if we're lucky, we uh, we get a business partnership. Indeed. I think I think it's it's great to, for us to be able to show and say that rent to rent can be done well it can be a good thing but do look out there are fraudsters out there picking on rent to rent picking on other property topics picking on all sorts of things do be careful be very careful where you put your money who you give your properties to and 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 what you're actually expecting back from that do do due diligence be careful ask yourself is this realistic is it sensible and is it safe and I think, I think with that, we're out of time, aren't we, Stuart? It is. And I don't think we could finish it any better than that. As always, please do reach out to us at B-I-Z of Property, at Biz of Property on Twitter, or thebusinessofproperty.com. Other than that, we'll see you in the next episode.